the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. From New York City, live and local. And that's right, folks, the only local talk radio on the dial here in New York City. Um, the news, if you if you just jump on the app right now and you pan through, you know, there's nothing great. There's not a lot of smiling faces going on. There's a lot of tragedy going on. Uh, President Biden bans oil from, the, from Russia. The U.S. brands close outlets. Um, heavy fighting in, U- in eastern Ukraine with thousands trapped. McDonald's, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, pause operations in Russia. Um, let's just see. Average U.S. gas prices hit $4.17 a gallon. And obviously, if we are now not going to accept any Russian gas, there will be even more uh, spikes in the amount that we pay for gas. But as one of my friends uh, texted me today, if we pay more for gas and that, that either ends this war or cripples Russia, then you know what? It's worth it. Uh, You know, in Europe, they're used to paying really crazy prices for gas. They've been doing it forever. That's why they've driven all these little cars for all of these years, because they just pay a ton, and we've been spoiled. Uh, Yes, gas has doubled in a year, but um, you know what? We're not feeling anywhere near the pain that the people of Ukraine are feeling. I spoke to one of my friends today who was in Ukraine with his significant other and they were able to escape they're in germany right now figuring out what they want to do because it is very hard to just like give up like okay i'm just going to leave everything i'm leaving the place i grew up i grew the house i grew up in all of my personal belongings everything that's there my photo albums my wedding album my kid's first tooth that's in a jar somewhere and just oh, bye-bye so they're just—they're hoping that there's some sort of a ceasefire. They're hoping there's some sort of a settlement, and what they're really, really hoping is that they could go back to the city that they love, and they can regroup, rebuild, and start all over again. Um, it, you know, with all of this bad news, sometimes it can get you down. You know, we're towards the end of winter. We're hopefully looking towards um, the spring, but you know, you have to keep your chin up and. Being optimistic is a very crucial part of everyone's life, no matter where you are on the planet Earth, from South Africa to Antarctica to to, to Canada and everywhere in between. It's, this is not the Arthur Idala's opinion. They just did a concluded a study. They, they wrote it up. The study actually concluded 
a decade ago, but from 2002 to 2010, it was a large group that they studied and they, they made these people take surveys every, um, basically every night uh, or four or five nights a week, how they felt, what their mindset was like, et cetera, et cetera. And then they, they analyzed all of the, the data and what they found out were that people who had a more optimistic outlook on life were able to handle daily stress more constructively and therefore they had a better emotional well-being. What does that mean? It really means that people who had a negative, the, the, the glass half empty crowd, when stress came their way, they absorbed it more. It caused more negative uh, energy in their system. And, you know, these free radicals that start running around your, your body, they're known to cause cancer. So what am I trying to tell folks? I know it's hard. I know there's a lot of chemicals in your body that affects your attitude. But with all of this negative news that's going on, there are actual studies that they came out. It's in today's newspapers that having an optimistic outlook, having a positive outlook has been proven by this particular study, an eight-year study, not like they did a little phone poll of 800 people one day. This is an eight-year study. If you're positive, if you have a happy outlook on life, you are going to be in better shape, especially said towards the later years of your life. And I will tell you that I think I hold myself out as someone who's pretty optimistic, someone who looks at the glass half full and makes lemons, makes lemonade out of lemons, and someone who who's a red baseball cap that I'm looking at that is 51 years old today. Uh, my grandfather, Artie Idala, he was somebody who had a very optimistic outlook, and he left us uh, about to put on a shirt and a tie. He was 91 and 11 months, um, and he decided, okay, you know what, I had it. But up until that point, he had a wonderful, wonderful life, and he was a very optimistic person. So if you are able to, if you can control your emotions, if you can control your outlook, if you can wake up in the morning like the book I read to Arthur the other night, that there are yes days and there are no days, and that you wake up in the morning and you make a conscious decision that today's going to be a yes day, today is going to be a happy day, then your life is going to be better you're going to be happier. And guess who else is going to be happier? Everyone around you. And you know, when you run a, a little law firm like I do, which is not becoming so little anymore, I walk in and there's 25 people here, kind of as the leader of the pack. If I walk in and I'm, eh, I'm bumming out about this and I'm complaining about that, that is uh, infectious to the negative degree. If I walk in or just now before I came on the air, I'm yelling and screaming, ABK, ABK. Uh, you know, I'm fired up because... I was in court today, and I realized when I'm, I haven't been in court in this capacity in exactly two years. March 11th, which will be this Friday, uh, will be two years since I stood up and I argued uh, on behalf of Harvey Weinstein regarding his sentence. Uh, and today I got to argue a little bit. And you know what I argued about? Ready for this? At the end of the coronavirus? Masks. So do we think it's fair to pick a jury... If a jury, if all the jurors, the potential jurors are wearing masks and I can't see their face and I can't see their reaction to some of the questions and I can't even, it's even hard to tell the age of people. So I'm in court today and I'm speaking to a prosecutor who I'm meeting for the first time and he's wearing this mask the whole time and we then go into a little, and I was with him for maybe two hours 
And then we went into a conference room, and it was just a, a, two prosecutors and myself. And I took off my mask. I was like, guys, you know, you can take off your mask. They're like, yeah, in the office, in the, in the DA's office, one block away, we don't need to wear masks. But in the courthouse, a block in the other direction, we do need to wear masks. And he took off his mask, and he was much younger than I thought he was uh, when I saw his whole face. And that really, a light bulb went off in my head. Like, I can't pick a jury uh, that I'm going to relate to, and they're going to relate to me, and they're going to, I feel confident that they'll be able to absorb the legal issues that I have to put put before them um, if their face is all covered up. So I asked, and I, what I received was a, um, what is what I asked for? I said, look, I, I'm not trying to procrastinate. My client wants to go forward. Um, we want to go forward. We're all prepared. My partner Mike and I are prepared to go, but we're not going to pull. We're not going to do this with the masks. And compliments to the uh, criminal justice system in Brooklyn, New York. They found us face shields. So you wear like it's like a bandana thing on the top of your head, and just like a straight piece piece of plastic right in front of you. I have to ask my buddy Peter Thomas. Peter Thomas is a civil uh, attorney. Uh, his dad is a storied uh, retired judge, Charlie Thomas. Peter's tried more cases, uh, civil cases, but th- than anyone I know. He's tried more cases, period, than anyone else I know. He's tried them on the, the civil side. I need to ask him, what is he doing with jurors? Um, but it's a little different. I'm not taking anything away from anyone when someone's life is on the line. Because um, when you the difference between a criminal case and a civil case is the civil cases, either you're, if you're the plaintiff, you're either winning them money or you're not winning them money. And it, listen, if they're severely injured and they need money to survive, it, it's a problem if you lose the case. But they're still going to go home and sleep in their own bed. If you're involved in a homicide that is a uh, – the defense is self-defense and your client uh, believes in his heart of hearts that he was acting in self-defense and many of the evidence, including video evidence, supports that and you don't get the verdict you want in that case – uh, and that client is going to be sentenced to a term of, of a prison with life. Maybe he doesn't do all of life, but that's a big piece of it. It's hard to go to sleep at night thinking, you know, I could have done this. I could have done that. So I, uh, I, I refused to go forward with jurors wearing masks. But now I'll be going forward with jurors wearing shields. Am I excited to stand in front of a jury and present my case wearing one of these kind of awkward, gorky face shields? Um, no, I'm definitely not excited. There was a part of me that was going to say, well, maybe let's just put it off another month since the public schools are done with the, sh- with the face masks. Maybe the courts will be done with the face masks. But, you know, my client kind of really wanted to move forward, and we thought it was time to go. So speaking of going, as we go out with this music, it's going to be all woman music today here on AM 970, The Answer, brought to you by Platinum Mitsubishi since it is International Women's Day. And, boy, do we have women to thank for everything. Uh, the judge I appeared before today was a woman. It was surprising that the, the both for prosecutors, one of them wasn't a woman. So we are going to talk about the law, and we're going to uh, talk about it on the other side. about people taking another piece of my heart out, baby. You know, what you don't want to do is what you don't want to do is um, 
have your heart taken out when you are not around uh, and, and no one's there to take care of you. So what you need to do while you're nice and healthy, while you have your heart in the right place, you want to go see Connors and Sullivan. There's so many different uh, services that they can offer to you. The one I'm talking about right now is to get a healthcare proxy. Because if, God forbid, you needed to go in and get a heart operation, okay, let's play it out. And you go in and you're under heavy anesthesia and the operation is over and there's decisions that need to be made. And now you're sedated and you can't make those decisions. Do you want the doctor to make the decision for you or do you want to choose under the calm, cool, collected environment of Connors and Sullivan who should make that decision for you? So that's what a healthcare proxy is. Um, a power of attorney is if you uh, are in the same type of state where you're alive and uh, but you're not able to go enter into contracts and handle your lease, handle your rent, pay your bills. You want someone to basically act in your shoes. And Connors and Sullivan will draw up a power of attorney for you. It's essential for you to have a power of attorney and a health care proxy. And you should do it as soon as you can. So call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They've been doing this for 40 years. They will help you designate who you want to make decisions for you at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call Deserves a lot of respect. A person who has served admirably in the military in several different ranks uh, is a State University of New York uh, alum and is what was a state senator and is currently a congressman. And I'm sure somewhat of an answer to his dreams. He is the current nominee, but uh, sponsored by backed by the Republican Party for governor of the United States of New York, of the United States of New York, the governor, see how, well, Lee, you see how I think of him, uh, of New York? It's, it's bigger than New York. It's the whole United States. Uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin is the Republican nominee for governor here in New York State. Congressman, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be with you. Lee, I, I just want you to tell folks, I mean, you're a very regular guy. I've met you several times. You have no reason to remember me. I'm a very quiet, shy, docile type. Um, but and modest too. Uh, yes, very modest. Are you? Um, do you pinch yourself? Like, you know, like, oh my God! I, I mean, I'm running for governor of the state of New York. Uh, listen, we we know what we're in for. Uh, we believe in the plan that we have. We understand and appreciate the stakes. We're ready for this. Uh, we the, the campaign has been geared up, really planning from election day backwards. Uh, we already have spent a lot of time thinking about what to do in 2023 to fix this state. And the great news is that it's actually not that hard to solve 
these issues that are in front of us. I mean, all of your listeners, if they were put in charge of Albany for about a minute, they would be smart enough to realize about you know, the changes that you need to make with cashless bail or uh, going after district attorneys who refuse to enforce the law and back in the blue. Uh, they're it's just common sense policies to protect freedom, to look out for our kids' education, to to reverse the attacks on wallets and stop this population loss, uh, leading the entire country and people who are leaving this state and heading elsewhere. Uh, so, yeah, no, we, we know what we signed up for, and we're ready. All right, so, Lee, I don't, I, with all due respect, Congressman, I, I, I hear about the we, but I want to talk about the I, and the I being you. Um, you know, you, you ran for office once and you lost, and you've been in Albany. But let's face it, it is a tremendous honor to be selected by people the likes of John Katsimatidis and the chairman of the Republican Party, et cetera, et cetera. And, cause, and I mentioned Mr. Katsimatidis because one of the places I met you, I think, was at his birthday party. But, I mean, you wake up in the morning and you're like, wow, I'm running for the governor of the greatest state, in my opinion, in the world. You know, what does that feel like on a very personal basis? A lifelong New Yorker. And I've seen just my, many of my own family leave. And and as I travel around the state, every single day I come across people who say, if you don't win, I'm leaving. And that's not a, a burden or responsibility that intimidates me or uh, you know makes me uh, shy away from the responsibility. It motivates me. Like I I know what needs to get done. I understand the importance of it. I I have had these experiences across this state where. I'll give you one. A couple, two or three weeks ago, I'm in Nassau County, and this guy stands up at an event, and he's wearing this camouflage hat. And I don't know if he was a veteran or a law enforcement officer, big guy, and he said, "This isn't just some regular campaign for governor. This is a rescue mission." And the way he was saying it wasn't like he was searching for some slogan. It was that he feels like this is a rescue mission to save our state, and. All across the state, there's a certain energy, a certain passion to it. It is a certain emotion from the the people who are talking to me. I I feed off that. That motivates me. I, I every so single George, day I only become more and more motivated for this. So George Congressman George Pataki was the last Republican to win statewide, correct? He was, yeah, two thousand and two uh, gubernatorial win. So twenty years ago. Um, and there was an attorney general, uh, Dennis Vacco, who won, I be- believe, maybe four years before that. But um, you have to win, and you'll know this the, like the back of your hand, you have to win a section of New York City, correct? I mean, even if you ran the whole table in every county uh, besides the five boroughs here, um, don't you? isn't it necessary to win a piece of New York City? We need to win at least 29% of the vote in New York City. You run for mayor of you have to win New York City. You run statewide as a Republican. You need 29% of the vote inside of New York City. Now, that includes Staten Island, Brighton Beach, Bay Ridge, Middle Village. There's all the coalition building that we've been involved in. I have spent a ton of time inside of Flushing, Queens, and go uh, with the Asian American voters in, in Brooklyn and in Chinatown, and with the Black Pastors and their First Ladies in Sunnyside, with the Hispanic voters in the South Bronx. And what's we your message been, when you when you're with these people? What you know? What I tell you, everyone's talking about the same thing. It's about they, they talk about not feeling safe outside of their streets. They want public safety to be strengthened. They are all talking about 
the attacks on their kids' education. And I could be in the reddest, most Republican conservative county in this state, or I can be in the, with the bluest group. I could be with Democrats who are loyal, liberal Democrats inside of the bluest county in the state, and everybody's talking about the same issue. They are all talking about their breaking point. They are all talking about how they feel like if they live somewhere else, they go to Florida or Texas or South Carolina, Tennessee, their money will go further. They'll feel safer. They'll live life freer. So they're saying, well, why don't I just go? No, Congressman, so, listen, I hear the same thing. So you're not, you're not telling me anything that, I, you know, I, I get it. I, I live in Bay Ridge, so I, I get it. But let me ask you this question. So let's just say, uh, God bless you, you're successful and you're the first Republican uh, a governor in 20 years and you get up to Albany, but you guys overall. All the Republicans are not successful in um, flipping the legislature. So now you want to address the bail situation. But as you know, the legislature has to present you with 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 laws that you have to sign legislation that you have to sign into law. So you don't have them. What is your strategy or, or what is your? Uh, yeah, basically, what is your strategy to f- make the fixes that you would need with uh, two chambers of your uh, of your Congress, so to speak, your New York Congress being in the Democrats' hands? You have to break the supermajority, which I believe is going to happen. So that at least has to happen, and I'm confident it will. You, in order to earn a mandate, we need to campaign on issues. So in order to have a mandate to make a change to New York State's cashless bail law, we need to campaign on our desire to make a change to New York State's cashless bail law. There are people who get elected to office and they're like, I just earned a mandate to do whatever I want with regards to any issue. No, actually you didn't. But I would argue that if you were out there actively campaigning on a particular position issue and you won the race arguably on that issue or a few issues, you now earn a mandate on it. So we need to campaign on the need to repeal cashless bail. But you also put together allies. The mayor of New York City, he believes that judges should have the discretion to weigh dangerousness. I agree with him. So you can you build partnerships with people who aren't on – you know, they don't have to be Republicans in order to work together. Then on top of that, you have leverage points. The New York State budget, the governor has uh, outsized power there. You have it when people come to Albany and they're looking for home rule messages, which means that uh, Albany needs to give New York City permission in order to be able to do a particular thing that's really important for that state senator or state assemblyman. You can also use your position by showing up inside of that state senate, that state assembly person's district, hold a press conference, and let their voters, their constituents know that Senator so-and-so, Assemblyman so-and-so, is standing in the way of a repeal of cashless bail. They might be telling you one thing here at home, but they're not doing the right thing up in Albany. Do you think, uh, you'd, be able to, do you think you'd be able to lure uh, some of the more uh, right-leaning Democrats into your uh, into your way of thinking and help you pass some of these bills, some of these laws? Not many left, but absolutely. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> believe me, that's you know, I'm a Marty Golden uh uh, district kind of guy, and I, I watched as the legislature changed hands. I just want to ask you about Congress a little bit. So many congression, uh, Congress people are resigning, and so many of them, including one who isn't, which is I'm sure you're very close to her, a woman whose initials are AOC, called Congress a SHIT show, um, that it's just totally dysfunctional. Just, you know, we only have two minutes left. I know you have to go, and I appreciate so much, Congressman, you finding time to spend with us on the only local uh, show here in in New York City at 6 o'clock. But real quick, is there any way to fix Congress, or is that just forever broken? 
Yeah, November 8th, we need to flip the House. We need to flip Senate. We need to balance the power in Washington. We're going to be able to do that, battlegrounds in places like New York, but all across this country, we all, in this battle for the heart and soul of our country, need to take control of our destiny. It's going to be at the ballot box. If you want to fix what's going on there, you have to participate. So, Congressman, the reason why you and I specifically are in lockstep about fixing the future, we have one person specifically in our lives that we both have to work on. My wife gave birth three and a half months ago to a girl, and her name is Ariana. Does that sound familiar oh, to you, Congressman? Cool. Uh, you have yeah, Michaela, you know, you have Michaela and Ariana, right? Uh, that, that's absolutely right. I'm, uh, I'm the fourth-ranking person in my own house. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lee. I really, really appreciate you finding the time. I'll see you out in Long Island. Best of luck and, and hit Hi, the streets Kevin real McCullough. hard. Up to- you got it. Take care. Thank you. Travel in these very troubling times. Valerie Delia will join me, Kevin McCullough, and we will have all the latest for you and any breaking headlines that come across while we're there. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer, and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 the mission cultural marxism is spreading like wildfire in america but did you know that this so-called woke ideology is also flooding into the church reparations fits into the scope of the gospels watch the documentary how the left is stealing your church and discover how the ideology behind critical race theory and the lgbt agenda is being smuggled into the evangelical world stream it now or get the dvd watch on your phone tablet or tv go to salemnow.com or look for the salem now app am 970 the answer doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio like us on facebook follow us on twitter or instagram download the app just search am 970 the answer take us with you wherever you go investment analyst required mba with a concentration in finance or related work experience as an allocator to hedge funds charter financial analyst designation and proficiency in bloomberg excel etc wage range one hundred sixty thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars job site new york new york send resume attention hr booth bay fund management llc 140 east 45th street 414 new york new york usa 10017 freehold mitsubishi in freehold township new jersey is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the arthur idala power hour mitsubishi dreamers designers and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent modern and savvy consumers who want value like the new redesigned 2022 mitsubishi outlander featuring its industry-leading mitsubishi 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty visit freehold mitsubishi today freeholdmitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788 news opinion passion this is am 970 the answer 44 degrees, we have generally clear skies on this Tuesday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, police are looking for a pair of armed suspects who robbed two teens at gunpoint in Prospect Park. It happened Sunday night around 7 p.m. inside the park at 5th Street in Prospect Park West. The victims, an 18-year-old male and a 16-year-old female, were robbed of their shoes, wallet, and credit cards. Thankfully, they were not injured. 
Authorities are looking for a suspect who allegedly set a number of small fires in Central Park today. This gentleman, David Ward, was out for a walk and had to change directions because of the smoke. This whole north part was just really thick with smoke. Officials say some six to ten small rubbish fires appear to have been intentionally set in the north woods on the west side near 107th Street shortly before 2 o'clock. And there's reportedly teachers at one Manhattan school pressuring students to wear masks. Scott Pringle has more. The New York Post obtained a letter to parents by the principal at Beacon High School. It read that teachers may request students to wear masks because many of us have vulnerable loved ones at home. And some students at the school tell the Post that teachers have asked them to put on masks. Mayor Eric Adams was asked about this. That cannot happen in our school system. And so we're going to identify that. That may be just a rumor because, you know, rumors run rampant. But if that has actually happened, that teacher is going to be re-instructed. That is not acceptable. The mask mandate was lifted Monday for K-12 through graders in New York City. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Scott. Taking a look at the traffic, 20 to 30 minutes outbound at the Holland Tunnel. 15 inbound from 1 and 9, not bad from the Turnpike. 15 to 20 minutes outbound at the Lincoln, 5 to 10 inbound. GW Bridge, about a 5 to 10 minute down delay now on the inbound side. Cloudy skies tonight, snow developing overnight, low 37. Rain and snow on and off tomorrow, high of 40. Sunny skies on Thursday, high 48, and partly sunny Friday, high of 50. Our next storm system moves in on Saturday. Could be one of those rain ending in snow scenarios. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, there's the weather forecast. And what did I say yesterday? I said, you know, it was nice and warm, and my tulips are starting to come up, and my crocuses are starting to come up. I said, I just hope it doesn't snow, and then it kills all of them. Well, we'll see what happens. A lot of times it doesn't kill them. It just stunts them, whatever, whatever, whatever. Congressman Lee Zeldin, um, I appreciate him coming on. We've now heard from three of the four candidates. We are on the Republican side. We will definitely get Congressman Tom Swazi on. Um, on a positive note, um, I am off from trial on Thursday, so I was lamenting yesterday that I could not go to the Police Athletic League luncheon where Governor Hochul is uh, going to be the guest speaker this Thursday. But I did, I, 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 for court scheduling reasons, we moved out of court on Thursday, so I will be going and, and, and I will see the... Uh, governor herself, and, and I'm sure she'll have someone with her, and maybe we could try to see if we could get her on the show one day. Um, I am looking at the um, the news, and I just heard the news about this Beacon High School with the masks. I mean, today in court, it's just so the inconsistency regarding the mask is really laughable, and I'm not laughing at, at the coronavirus. I'm not laughing at COVID-19. I'm not laughing at Delta. I'm not laughing at Omicron. But it's just the inconsistency. So in the courthouse, you could be shoulder to shoulder to people in the subway and you get off the subway. Then when you're in the courthouse in the elevator, you're only allowed to be two people at a time. Now, I will tell you, people violated that rule, but that was the rule that they were trying to enforce. But people were becoming late for court, et cetera, et cetera. So they were just jumping in the elevator many more than two at a time. Um, The high school principal. So the. The, the governor says we don't have to wear masks, then the mayor says we don't have to wear masks in school, and then uh, basically the, the head of the Board of Education says that you know masks are optional, and then the principal, who does have the power, 
um, sends out a, a memo saying, you know, you should wear masks for everyone's protection. So you have one kid in the Beacon School who's wearing a mask because the principal says you should. Doesn't say you have to, but when the principal tells you you should, you kind of, unless you're really looking for trouble, you kind of have to put the mask on. Um, and then the school right down the block, or you know, your brother and sister may be going to different schools. It's just the lack of consistency. It just makes your head spin um, a little bit. You know, one of the, the takeaways also having to do with the coronavirus um, has to do with all the people and affecting all of us and crime, et cetera, et cetera. It has to do with Rikers Island, has to do with correction officers. And I do want to get, we've had the, the uh, head of the union on um, in the past. I want to get him back on because I was speaking to some of the correction officers in court today. And basically they said, you know, it's so hard for them to do their job between the combination of the COVID vaccination, uh, the COVID uh, sickness, how many people retired. You know, a lot of times folks stay on their job when, even when they're eligible to retire because they're just not ready to retire. But when everyone started getting sick and they were able to retire, they retired. So you get a whole bunch of people who are retiring uh, from the job of being a correction officer. And then what happens is you don't have enough staff to uh, discipline everybody who may need to be disciplined and keep everyone safe. Then Mayor de Blasio, before he left, said, well, no more solitary confinement. Well, solitary confinement, which they have some fancy name for it, but that's what it is. They call it going in the box. Um, that was like the only way to keep people um to have some sort of threat over them. I mean, they're already in jail. You give them, I'll send you to jail. It's like the jail within the jail. And once you eliminate that, then there's really nothing stopping them or, or encouraging them to behave, so to speak. Um, and I was speaking to a very veteran female correction officer this afternoon, and she was giving me the inside scoop. And she admitted that in some places in Rikers, it really, are, it really is the inmates who are running the prisons. And that is... That can't be tolerated. I don't know exactly what the solution is, except if you raise the salary for a correction officer and make it uh, equal or maybe higher than other public servants, whether it being the police department or the court officers or, or you know people in similar fields like the law enforcement field, maybe you will encourage people to go in. It's a rough job being a correction officer. I mean, you're basically working in jail. So you're in jail. I mean, yes, you could come and go as you please, but you're in jail. Not a cool place to be. But I want to pivot and talk about what was a very cool place to be. You know, if you look at the sports pages right now in New York City, there's nothing going on. The Knicks, nothing. The Nets, the only news about them is what a disappointment. I'm a season ticket holder. I don't have the full season. I have a half a season. Um... What a disappointment. They were supposed to, like, rule the whole league. They're, they're under 500. There's, there's the baseball. That's another fiasco. Those folks can't get their act together, even though there's millions and millions and millions of dollars floating around. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not football season. I guess there's hockey going on. But for a majority of the people, that's the, kind of the fourth sport. There's really nothing really hopped up, even in tennis and golf. So unlike 51 years ago, right now, this moment, the hype, the hype, the energy in the city of New York, Madison Square Garden, right? The greatest sports arena in the world, world-renowned Madison Square Garden, two undefeated heavyweight champions going at it. 
Now, how could you have two undefeated heavyweight champions at the same time? One of them had to lose to the other. But Muhammad Ali was stripped of his belt because he was a conscientious objector. And he did not want to uh, be drafted into the Vietnam War. There's so much history to that. So he was stripped of his belt. And then a man from Philadelphia by the name of Smokin' Joe Frazier uh, came up. And Muhammad Ali basically represented one wing of the United States of America. And Joe Frazier represented the more conservative wing of the United States of America. And there was tremendous hype over this fight. It was called the fight of the century. And the, the, the one thing that everyone wanted to safeguard against was any form of corruption or thoughts of corruption or anything like that. So what they did was they, the judges and the referees, uh, many of them were notified to sit home by the phone. Now, just wrap your brain around that in 2022. Sit home by your rotary dial landline phone and see if you get the phone call to participate as either a judge or a referee in the fight of the century, Muhammad Ali versus the reigning champ at the time, Joe Frazier at Madison Square Garden. And you could watch this fight to this day online and you will be as mesmerized as the millions and millions of people all over the world were that night when they watched the fight. And somewhere, I believe my grandfather told me around 4 p.m., he got the call. Judge Artie Idala got the call to be one of the two judges, along with Bill Recht. And the uh, referee was Arthur McCanty. It's funny. Arthur went by Arthur McCanty, and my grandfather went by Artie Idala. And uh, it's, for years, I assumed, I knew my father went to the fight. I was three. Um, I, I, my father went to the fight. I assume my grandfather got it. My father was like, no, not at all. He goes, the, I, my dad was in the Manhattan DA's office, and the detectives there used to moonlight doing security at um, Madison Square Garden, and they got my dad in. And I think he was able to get a pretty good seat. Uh, it, it, my, Frank Sinatra went to Life Magazine to get credentials to be a, a photographer so he could be ringside. It, it was the who's who event of all time. And after 15 grueling rounds... This is what you heard. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here, here comes the decision. Johnny Addy. Referee Arthur McCanty scores it 8-6. One even for Frazier. One vote for Joe Frazier. Adi Idala, 9-6 for Frazier. Frazier is the winner. Frazier is the winner. Correct. 11 rounds. For Frazier, for Larry, Larry, Levin and Fowler, the winner by unanimous decision and strength, champion of the world, Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier. Wow. I got thrills. I thrills. I got chills. I mean, it was thrilling. I, I literally have chills. And... Uh, just to bring that story forward, uh, 45 years, something like that, 44 years, when Muhammad Ali died, Marianne, was, my wife, was pregnant um, with my son, who we didn't have a name for, and I'm watching Ali's, the, all the tributes, and they played that, and I was with Geraldo, who I'm having dinner with tonight, and he said, wow, your family has a huge piece in American sports history. That's just amazing. And I went home that night, and I said, Marianne, I want to name our son Arthur Idala the third, 
after my grandfather and myself. And as I look at my grandfather's obituary hanging on the wall in my law firm and the hat that he wore ringside uh, and an article about the fight that's 20 years old, I am filled with pride that uh, even though sports are all screwed up today, I can never tell you who the heavyweight champion of the world is right now. At a very crucial time in American history, my family played a very small part. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-27. Discovery Communications, LLC, seeks a senior digital analyst in New York, New York, to work with marketing and product teams to unearth insights to promote data-driven decisions. Teleworking permitted. Send resume to Tyler Williams, Discovery Communications, 9721 Sherrill Boulevard, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37932. Again, send resume to Tyler Williams, Discovery Communications, 9721 Sherrill Boulevard, Knoxville, Tennessee, 37932. The IRS is ramping up collection, and if you owe back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, listen carefully. Before it's too late, check your eligibility for the Fresh Start program still offered by the IRS to reduce or even eliminate your tax problems. Call our special hotline number now and find out in minutes if you qualify for these life-changing debt reduction programs. Business or personal, if you're in a payment plan with no end in sight, have unfiled tax returns under audit, have a wage or bank levy, or finally just want to know your options, call the experts at Republic Tax Relief and stop collections immediately. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau with a five-star rating from Yelp, this veteran-owned company has the fight you need to take on the IRS. Don't go at it alone. Call their hotline number now, 800-639-7101. That's 800-639-7101. Find out if you qualify today. Call 800-639-7101 or go to republictaxrelief.com. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer.
kind of by my request. But um, yes, we are celebrating women. But you know, I don't know. In my world, we celebrate women all the time. I've been celebrating women from the day I was born. Um, I, you know, the three women who had the biggest influence on me were my two grandmothers and my mother. There's, there's, you know, it's, I'm so blessed, uh, especially my two grandmothers. Uh, you know, my idola, his. His wife was Marietta, and um, they were in the Bronx, and I remember spending a lot of time with them. And then my mother's mother, Mary Piazza, Mary Favia Piazza, I mean, you know, the, 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 I learned how to cook from her. I learned how to deal with all my relatives and respect my aunts and my uncles and give everyone the right, the, you know, the right amount of airtime and role in my life, so to speak, and how important they all were to each other. Uh, you know, respect for women and championing women was never uh, an issue in my household. My grandmother, Marietta, was she was playing golf, you know, when Italian-American women in the 1950s were not exactly uh, having drinks at the 19th hole uh, afterwards. But, you know, she was. And um, my grandmother on the other side was just a, the consummate um, wife supporting a brand new lawyer, Frank Piazza, in a time where, you know, Italian-American men weren't lawyers. Unfortunately, they were maybe in some other areas of uh, city government, quote, unquote. But I was, uh, I, and then my mom, you know, was, was, she was my mom. She is my mom. And um, I love the fact that everyone's celebrating women like it's something uh, special. But it's not special for me. It's a, it's a daily occurrence. If there's anything I do on this show... Uh, I think I speak about my wife, Marianne, quite often. Uh, the name of our law firm is Idala Bertuna and Cammons, and that's Marianne's maiden name, of which she's held on to without any objections from me. Um, so God bless the women. It's, uh, I, I feel weird saying it only because I'm surrounded with, I mean, there are more women, I think more women lawyers now than there are men. You walk around the courthouse, the judiciary seems to be predominantly women, so... Um, yes, I will celebrate all of their achievements, but they are doing better than ever and, and in many, many, many cases uh, better than the men. I mean, everyone talks about Hochul, but the chief judge of the state of New York is Janet DeFiori, uh, obviously a woman, a very charming uh, woman who's accomplished so much in her lifetime. She was the Westchester County District Attorney before that. So um, on National Women's Day and Historic Women's Month, et cetera, et cetera. Salute to all of the women for all you have done. As I like to say about my mom, I'd like to thank her for making me possible. Um, someone who's making things possible in the city of New York is this young guy, Pete Davidson. If you don't know who he is, he started out on Saturday, Li Saturday Night Live. In my opinion, he wasn't like extraordinarily uh, hysterically funny, but he like caught on, he caught fire. He's making all kinds of money, doing all kinds of things. He's all on commercials, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think he's dating Kim Kardashian, but don't tell Kanye West, blah, 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 blah. But he's, do he's kind of putting a lot of his money back into the city. Um, uh, him along with Colin Joust of Saturday Night Live, they bought a, uh, a Staten Island ferry. And it's was out of out of commission, and they're putting all pouring money into it, and they're making it like a floating entertainment space, basically like a floating Beekman Theater where they're going to have live bands, and you could have your wedding there, et cetera, et cetera. And now he just put a um, again, he's part of a group, so he may be two percent of this group, or he may be ninety eight percent of the group. I didn't dig that deep, but um, 
He's still adding his name to it. There's a new bar right here, a couple of blocks from my law office in Rockefeller Center. Um, it's called the Pebble Bar, and it's a speakeasy. It's got a little, um, like, secret door. If you look at all the media, it's a secret door. So what does that do? It creates a buzz. It's a secret. You can only get in if you get a, if it's a secret. It'll be such a secret. There'll be a big red velvet rope outside of it with 40 people waiting to get in. Those are not my kind of places at this point in my life, but I love the fact that he's bringing people or attracting folks back here into Midtown Manhattan. And the theme is 19, it's like a 19th century kind of thing, is and it's old school and it's swanky and it's like Sinatra-esque, which kind of cracks me up because here in my law office we created a Sinatra room and I'm the president of the Friars Club, which I think has a little something to do with Frank Sinatra who was like the chairman of the board over there for decades and, and still has his portrait hanging quite a large, a uh, quite a very large uh, portrait hanging there. I just saw something that popped up that, you know, Chris Cuomo left CNN and they've been kind of figuring out who's going to take his place. And um, the uh, person whose name has just popped up is Chris Wallace, who hosted Fox news Sunday and, um, he left Fox after many, many years, I don't know, 25, 30 years, and he went to CNN Plus, which is their streaming service, because everyone's trying to do the streaming service. You know, Fox has their streaming service. Fox, It's all about now. Fox now, CNN now, CBS, and, and all this stuff. And so, look, Chris Wallace is, is a very talented man, and uh, I think he would bring like, a, lot, a lot of stability and... Um, legitimacy to CNN, uh, especially having a Fox guy like him come over and anchor a big um, a big show like that. I, um, thank you, Derek Adis, who is a guy who I sat next to in the first day of seventh grade at Poly Prep because he just sent me a text. He said, you talked about everyone except your sister uh, regarding women. And yes, of course, my sister, who's my best friend, she is a woman who I um, I wouldn't be here without also, not in a physical state, but in an emotional state, because from when we were little, little kids until big, big kids, she's always there for me, whatever I need, and whenever I'm in a time of need, and really has become the anchor of our family. So this was a cool show. Um, if you guys want to have a nice understanding of, like, my day today, because, you know, let's say it's AAA, all about Arthur, um... Upon leaving my law office last night at about 1 o'clock in the morning, preparing for today's day at court, finally getting to sleep under a little bit of a restless sleep because, oh, there was a wicked storm last night, like wild, like 10 o'clock. It was pouring rain and the wind was blowing in the office. My mother calls me, are you okay? Are you okay? But I said, yes, mom, I'm 54. It doesn't matter how old you are. You're still my, I'm still your mother. Blah, 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 blah. I was fine. But then I finally got home and I crashed. Um, and I got up early and I heard Ariana crying and I felt that her diaper was full. And so I went and I changed my little angel's diaper. And then we got, I got Arthur downstairs and I got him ready for school and we got in the car and we drove to school and we had some fun times and it's not a very long ride. It's like 10 minutes. And then on the 10 minutes back, like that's my quality time with my bride. The, the 10 minutes from, uh, one, from the drop-off at school back home. And once we get back home, we make sure Ariana's okay. Go upstairs, throw in the suit, and make a bunch of phone calls. I spoke to Frank Carone, the chief of staff for the mayor. He said he's going to be on next week with us to give us an update on what's going on inside City Hall. And then I ran to court, and there I am, and there's my client's family, and there's my partner, Mike Jacarino. There's the two prosecutors. 
thank God, as I'm running out the door, Marianne says to me, don't you think you need a mask? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, usually, if you think about it, when it snows, the way they used to tell us in court is if the public schools are closed for snow days, then the courts are closed for snow days. So I'm thinking, quite mistakenly, if the public schools are taking the masks off, then the courts are taking the masks off. Ah, wrong. Luckily, Marion saved the day once again. She threw me a little, my blue satin Idola Bertuna and Cameron's mask, had it in my pocket, and as I walked in with the court officer who's got his mask on, I go, I guess got to wear one of these. It's like, yes, you do. So I am very excited. I'm going to dinner tonight with um, Geraldo Rivera, who's my dear friend. And he invited his partner on the show, The Five, Janine Pirro, who I know not only from Fox, but when I used to go up against her when she was the Westchester County District Attorney. And I think Geraldo's brother's going to be there. And I don't know if uh, Imran was there not that long ago. I think I owe $50 to the bar because Imran didn't have any cash on him, and they only they only take cash. I should remind that to her about Geraldo because he's one of the most generous guys I know. Um, but I'm enjoying doing the show. This is a little bit of a challenge, doing a trial and doing the show. You may hear a um, a substitute host every once in a while if things get a little hectic in the trial. That is my number one priority. Uh, Imran just stuck his face in and gave me a big smile. Um, I know that Mike is going to do the opening statement. And I'm going to do the closing statement. So definitely the night before I uh, have to give the summation, I will not be here. It takes me about 12 to 16 hours to prepare for a one to two hour closing argument. And that is for me and my client the most important thing that I will be doing at that point. But I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for staying uh Tuned in to AM 970 The Answer, the only local talk show at 6 p.m. in New York City. We will see you tomorrow. And remember one thing, write thank you notes promptly to let people know you appreciate them. Managed to save just a little bit of money, won't have to drive too far. Just across the border and into the city, you and I can both get jobs. Finally see what it means to be living. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.